0: Well, regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Welcome to another edition of Bearing Arms, Camp and Company. My name is Cam Edwards. I'm glad you're with me on the program today. So I know we just talked with Jim Wallace, the gun owner's action, a couple of days ago, but there is so much stuff going on in Massachusetts that uh, we are bringing it back for an update Got some good news to report. Gun owners not out of the woods yet, but the push to enact HD 4420, the nightmare gun control bill, the goal is calling the Lawful Citizens Imprisonment Act. You know, Lawmakers are trying to rush to get this passed and approved before they broke for the August recess there in Massachusetts. Well, that's not going to happen. Uh, and while the Speaker of the House is sort of pointing the finger at the uh, state Senate, I think there's something else going on here. I think it's gun owners, police chiefs. Now, even some mayors in Massachusetts are speaking out against the dangerous proposals contained within 4420 that would absolutely obliterate our right to keep and bear arms I think Democrats are getting way more pushback than they anticipated, so we're going to be talking with Jim Wallace about that here in just a moment. Before we do, you know, Biden's America is crushing us. You've got companies laying off tens of thousands of workers, one after the other. Americans working two jobs just to get by. Inflation, pushing hardworking families to the brink. Hell, just look at the price of lunch meat next time you go to the grocery store. And a digital dollar could be coming down the pipeline to completely destroy our way of life. The truth is, you need a plan. You know it, and I know it. And that's why you should call Gold Co., So you can diversify your savings and investments with gold and silver before things get worse. They're a six-time Inc. 5000 winner, 2022 Company of the Year, with thousands of five-star reviews. And they've helped people like you and me place over $1 billion in gold and silver. They're offered up to $10,000 in free silver while supplies last. And if you call them today, qualified callers will get a free Ronald Reagan half-ounce silver coin. So don't wait. Call Gold Co. at 855-412-3806 today. That's 855-412-3806. All right, so now let's kick off our conversation with Jim Wallace of the Gun Owners Action League. Again, a lot to update folks on in Massachusetts, uh, and I want to get Jim's take on what gun owners need to be doing now as lawmakers head into that August recess with 4420 still on the table. Take a look and a listen, Jim. Thank you so much for coming back on the program. You know, I told our audience we would keep them updated as to what's going on with 4420, uh, and yesterday I had the opportunity to uh, to write about the. Fact that uh, there will not be a vote before the August recess in the House. So this is, look, gun owners are not out of the woods yet, but this is undeniably good news. It does tell me that that you all are having a huge impact on the debate there in Massachusetts.
1: Yeah, Kim, I, you know, honestly, can't tell you how proud of our members are and and everybody else who's pitched in. It's you know, it's one of those things we we talked about yesterday in the staff and with the board. And it's not because of any individual, including myself, but if Goal wasn't here, this bill is already on the governor's desk. It's it's just fact. It would have been jammed through in a matter of days and been sitting on Maura Healy's desk and she would have gleefully signed it. So it's one of those deals where, especially in these battleground states, it's so important to have a group like Goal or you know whatever it might be because you can't launch a pure volunteer organization this fast they won't have the resources they won't have the means you know not that they don't have the talent but it's trying to get something like that moving this fast it is really incredible it's been a whirlwind for a month here every day trying to figure out what the next move is and how do we get people motivated so yeah it's it's been incredible members Legislators have said they've heard from constituents they've never heard from before, didn't even know existed. Good. That tells you something. Absolutely. Absolutely. With that, though, probably 80% of gun owners in mass have no idea what just happened. Um, And I still have people to this day, as I go to gun shops in Iran, it's like, oh, yeah, I heard about that, but I just thought it was a fundraising gimmick or something. It's like, that's not
0: going anywhere. It's... Ooh. OK, uh, <laughs> now, now, listen, I, yeah. I, you know, I was born in Massachusetts. I love Massachusetts, but I don't know how deep your head has to be buried in the sand off Cape Cod to think that this isn't going anywhere in Massachusetts, given what you all have already been subjected to. Um, but I, I want to go back real quick to something you talked about, about the importance of groups like Goal. Uh, and these other state level organizations, you're right that you can't just build a grassroots group overnight. And so you can't just say, okay, well, okay, now there's a threat. So now we got to, you know, try to rally the troops together. The relationships that that you have built over the decades, um, I had goal, I think, are starting to pay off because and not just starting to pay off on a continual basis because you have contacts with some of these mayors you have contacts with some of these police chiefs you've got working relationships with them where you've been able to highlight hey look here are problems with previous legislation um you know you're being portrayed as the unreasonable ones by the anti gunners but you know we're seeing all kinds of allies who who are speaking up and saying the exact same thing that goal saying not because they're part of the gun lobby but because in some cases they're, they're the ones that are going to have to enforce this flaming pile of dog poop uh, if it becomes law. Right. Um, And and, and so, you know, if you can talk for a second about the reaction that we've seen from the police chiefs, because I think from whether it's, you know, the individual chiefs like in Plymouth or the where police department, uh, I gotta give a shout out to Ware because that's where my grandparents lived uh, when I was a kid. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. I have I have fond memories of Ware, Massachusetts, and people saying "Ware" and say, yeah, yeah, Ware. Exactly. Um, yeah. You know, or, or the firearms committee of the the Massachusetts uh, Chiefs of Police Association. I mean, like there has been some very direct criticism of what this bill would do turning law-abiding gun owners into felons overnight and and they yeah. can't just say well this is this is rhetoric from the gun lobby right they can't they can't pawn it off on you know gun owners uh, providing misinformation which isn't the case because you've got the people who are charged with enforcing this law who are saying the exact same thing that you are the, the interesting
1: thing is uh, the extremists in the state house for the last few weeks once the statement what was it 14 17 pages or something Came out from the mass chiefs. It was an internal document, but but they shared it because they wanted to see, you know, show people we're looking at this and it ain't good. Um, but the extremists in the state house that are still trying to protect this piece of garbage bill are telling everybody that the report was actually a conspiracy between Goal and the guy who wrote it, so that the, they would make it look like it was bad. And I'm like well, first of all, I've never been part of a conspiracy. Do I get a t-shirt for that or something? Because that's cool. Um, but that just shows you the Pravda-esque that's out there about this stuff. Um, you know, form emails from the chairman that he's giving to other legislators to send that, you know, goals, concerns were met, and they were part of this working group. And But the chiefs you know, this is probably the first time publicly that the chiefs have come out individually and to some extent collectively and said, we're not doing this. You are not doing this to our lawful citizens. You're going to alienate 600,000 people in the state and take away their civil rights. So, and, and you saw the statement that Speaker Mariano put out in his delay of this, Mm -hmm. where he literally blamed the Supreme Court for not being able to oppress an entire community of people. And the chiefs are recognizing that, that that, this has nothing to do with crime. There's nothing in the bill about crime. None, nothing in the bill about crime. So it's, how can you possibly say to a law enforcement officer, Hey, by the way, You know, Jim is walking down the street. He doesn't have a gun on him, but go ask him for his gun license. And if he doesn't have it, revoke it. You know, what? I mean, talk about stop and frisk. That's pretty much what this is. So it's it's really awesome that law enforcement has woken up, is a good term, I guess, and said, finally, publicly, no, no, we're not doing this.
0: And right, now, speaking of public statements, um, you, you know, you referenced uh, Mariano's uh, uh, email to House members in which he basically pins the blame on uh, for the delay on the state Senate. Right? Um, he he wrote uh, the House believes that the Joint Committee on the Judiciary is uniquely equipped to navigate the legal challenges brought on by the SCOTUS decisions. Uh, just as it did during an initial response to Bruin and the overturning of Roe, we remain disappointed that the Senate delayed our intended review of this gun violence legislation by insisting on its referral to the Public Safety Committee, despite the fact that just last year the Senate insisted that a different uh, late-filed bill proposing changes to our gun laws be referred to judiciary instead of public safety. Um, no mention whatsoever of the pushback that the bill has gotten from the public or law enforcement yeah. or you know local elected leaders like the mayor of, I think it was Springfield, Mass., I uh, was speaking out against this. Um, so so what what's what's what do you think is really driving this delay? Is it the infighting among Democrats of the State House, or is it the pushback that this bill is getting from, you know, residents of Massachusetts?
1: Well, I I think it's a small combination of both, but the the pushback that they received from, you know, all walks of life on this. They were not prepared for. They really weren't. Uh, And the chairman has said so many times that he was not prepared for what came in their way. And even in the last, I don't know, four or five days, it it was after the closed door meetings they had last week. The speaker's new plan was to just ignore the Senate for now, uh, throw the bill into House Ways and Means, and drop it on the floor for a vote this week. And Many House members who actually were supporting the bill told the speaker, listen, you got me. But if you don't have a public hearing, you, uh, no, I'm not voting for this. You, you're completely cutting the public out of this process. And that's just not right because they'll get hammered at home. You know, mm-hmm. um, talk talk about closed door. Right. You don't even have a public hearing. And I'll I'll be honest with you. At some point, they'll probably have something I don't know how they're going to do it unless this bill is drastically changed, and I mean burnt to the ground and rebuilt into a true crime bill. I don't know how they're going to have a civil hearing. I really don't first time in my career I've said that
0: well people, why do you, okay, so why do you say that?
1: People are just angry, they were lied to, they were misled you know they were taught they were told. This bill was supposed to bring the gun laws into compliance with Bruin, and it went 180 degrees in the opposite direction. They they are aghast at how far they went this time, and it wasn't just about, you know, a scary-looking gun or something. This was everybody of every age, of every, you know, category of the Second Amendment community. They came after you. There was nobody left out of this, and people are for the first time, angry, and I mean angry. I don't know how they're gonna have a civil hearing. I, I had a couple of, of, of newspapers ask me, says, well, Jim, you know, what do you think you'll testify on? And, and I said, first time in my career, I don't know if I will. What am I supposed to say? You lied to us? You, you know, this is the worst anti-civil rights attack in this century, in this country? You know, are you delusional? I mean, what am I supposed to say this time? You just, <laughs> it, it's almost impossible. So
0: I, I well, listen. I personally I'd like to see you up there, uh, quote, uh, Speaker Mariano and then uh, quote Alabama Governor George Wallace as you did in a, a goal release. I'd like to see that introduced into the record <laughs> on the uh, floor of the uh, House of Representatives. And, 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 and for those who are not getting your goal alerts, I don't care if you live in Massachusetts or not. Go to gold.org, sign up for these alerts, because frankly, what happens in Massachusetts doesn't stay in Massachusetts. Same with California gun control bills. Even if you live in a safe state, man, the anti-gunners want to export this nonsense to 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 your backyard as well. But just compare these two quotes. This is uh, Speaker Mariano, July 24th of this year. As you have heard me say many times, the Bruin decision fundamentally changed how courts review state gun laws and immediately jeopardized aspects of the laws that have made our Commonwealth a national leader in reducing gun violence. While the House committee, or while the House's commitment to pursuing a comprehensive update remains steadfast, a new legal landscape will be the greatest threat to those efforts. Compare that to uh, Governor George Wallace of Alabama, July or June 11, nineteen sixty-three. The unwelcomed, unwanted, unwarranted, and force-induced intrusion. Upon the campus of the University of Alabama today, uh, of the might of the central government offers frightful example of the oppression of the rights, privileges, and sovereignty of this state by officers of the federal government. So again, darn that federal government, darn this court system, and we're just doing what we can to stand up for the good people of the state of Alabama by not letting black people walk through the door of the university. Uh, And in this case, we're standing up for the good people of Massachusetts by turning lawful gun owners into criminals overnight. Yeah.
1: Yeah, we coined the phrase felons in waiting for a reason. You know, <laughs> I mean, it's we are 600,000 strong, felons in waiting. And you know, I've I've had some of the uh <laughs> mom's demand attention crowd, you know, Jim, come on, you're you're being unreasonable. Seriously, do you do you really know what this bill does and when you start to talk to them, oh no, that's not in there. They have no clue what they're supporting. They really don't. They're being used.
0: I mean, this is you know, and, and this is the sad thing is that 4420 is so bad. You you literally cannot explain it in 30 seconds. You cannot point out all of the bad provisions no. of this. You know, again the uh, the the explainer in support of 4420 ran what 14 pages. The uh, no. Massachusetts Chiefs of Police Association's Affairs Committee report was longer than that. And even that report said, listen, we, we, we're not discussing every aspect of this bill. These are just the most egregious things that we found because to, to go into every provision here, would, it's, it's beyond the scope of what we can do. I uh, mean, we, they are we, throwing everything at you guys. We took
1: uh, Chairman Day's two and a half page extraordinarily vague and misleading summary and just using bullet points turned it into 10 pages uh you know, Fox News uh national called me uh I don't know the other day, Friday maybe, and said, uh, hey, can you give us your top three? And I no, can't. Yeah. And they're like, Well, no, we just need your top three. Nope, can't. And finally they did a zoom with me and I went through it with him, And he goes, Oh, okay, now I understand, <laughs> you know, but e- even the states, Cam, even the states like California New York, and all these, you know, other places that had Very egregious laws passed virtually overnight are going, damn. (laughs) Right. We thought we had it bad. Good luck, guys. You know, we'll drop some care packages over (laughs) like East Berlin and see what happens. But it's it's just amazing how many people are still sitting on their hands on this one, though.
0: Well, and, and and that's what I wanted to get to, because we, we do have a couple of weeks here where we know that lawmakers are going to be at home. They're going to be, you know, maybe in their district office. Uh, they're not going to be casting votes. So this is an opportunity. You know, obviously, if you're watching this right now, you are well aware of the threat that 4420 poses. But but now we've got the opportunity to educate those gun owners who are still blissfully ignorant of the dangers of this legislation and get them off the couch uh, so we can ramp up the the opposition here and, and ramp up these public comments. Is is that what you are going to be uh, uh, you know uh, uh, tasked with over the next few weeks? You know,
1: hey, pat pat ourselves on the back briefly, everybody, for a temporary win. Huge, huge. We stopped the speaker dead in his tracks temporarily, but now's the time to turn up the heat, right? Incendiary criticism, right? <laughs> As a quote was from the State House News Service. Um, make sure, contact everybody you know in the 2A community. I don't care if they're 5 or 70. Make sure they know what's going on. Make sure they know how serious this is uh, because so many people still don't. And even, you know, the ladies we're working with in South Shore, the DC Project gals, they are phenomenal about approaching Parts of the community that you know, crusty old white guys aren't going to be able to approach, right? And, and explain to them what's going on. And, and a matter of fact, there's, there's a printer who's a goal member down in south uh, southeast Mass who printed up on his own. You know, stop HD forty four twenty lawn signs. He can't keep up with it. You know, people are just they're everywhere, all all across the South Shore, and now we're trying to get to the, spread them. So um, we also found out yesterday, Cam uh the senate announced through a press release that they're going to do their own bill uh but a little jab at the speaker uh they said but we're going to take our time and really go over things carefully and as a matter of fact senator Cynthia Cream who is not a friend of ours i mean i you know cordially get along with her it's my job right yeah. but she was actually quoted in the in the release as saying it's not just as simple as telling somebody you can't carry a gun and i'm like wow that was an F rated Senator that said, that. <laughs> you know, it's like, okay, I guess, I, I guess we've had an effect. So, Well,
0: I, you know, know, listen, and, 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 and you will have an effect. I mean, Milton Friedman had a great quote about, you know, uh, and I'm going to paraphrase it here, but, but being successful in politics isn't about getting the right people to do the right thing. It's about getting the wrong people to do the right thing. It's about getting the people who disagree with you to side with you. Yeah. Um, and, you know, again, there are all kinds of reasons why anti-gun Democrats should oppose 4420. And frankly, I think should oppose any more gun control measures uh, in Massachusetts whatsoever. Um, as the police chiefs pointed out, you know, this is going to lead to, you know, what, what, you got a finite number of officers. you got a finite number of prosecutors. So what's the priority going to be? You want to focus on law-abiding gun owners? You want to focus on these, you know, newly invented possessory offenses? Do you want to focus on violent criminals. Because you really can't do both. Uh, And the disproportionate harm that's going to be done to, I think, you know, uh, Massachusetts residents at the lower end of the economic spectrum, to minorities in Massachusetts who are already facing, uh, you know, uh, more arrests, more of these stop and frisks, more, uh, you know, quote unquote, over policing, according to the left. I mean, you're going to see that on steroids if 4420 uh, is put into law. So, you know, if you're a Democrat who cares about criminal justice reform, this should be poison. To you yeah, Well, the other thing, too, is the fact that
1: we already in Massachusetts nationally, too, but specifically in mass. Huge numbers of law enforcement just walking off the job. Yeah. You know, I think it was a week or two ago. One of the chiefs sat down on the Cape. No warning. Threw his keys and his badge on the desk and walked out the door. Said, I'm done. I'm not doing this anymore. Um, but, Cam, one of the things, too, you mentioned all the different communities, because. In 2016, when Moore did her edict with the so-called assault weapon stuff, I stood on the front step of the statehouse and said, if they can do this to us, they can do this to you, because the next person in power may not be your friend. And two weeks ago, I guess I did a uh, cable access show down in uh, Taunton, Mass. And one of the things I said on the show was, now compare this to any other community in the state, people of color. You know, oh, sure, you have the right to vote, but here's 140 pages of stuff you got to go through. You know, women, women's rights. Oh, yeah, equal rights. But here's 140 pages of stuff you got to go through. I mean, it's endless. If if they can do it to us, they can do it to anybody. The scariest thing, and, and not to get off topic, Cam, the scariest thing about the COVID experience, and I've said this a lot publicly, wasn't the disease it was the fact that government was trying to find its boundaries and it didn't find any Mm -hmm. scariest thing that happened during that whole time. They found out they didn't have any boundaries, that there is no recourse for anything they do. So this is them feeling their oats going, Hey, you know what? We'll just take this away from you. Yeah. The hell hell with the Supreme court. We don't care. You know, the chairman several times during his so-called listening tour, Called it a rogue decision from an activist court. Wow. Okay, and he's a practicing attorney.
0: <laughs> well, so, you know, listen. I mean, they, you know, it, it's unfortunately it is not um, it's not shocking to me to see Democrats hold the Supreme Court in contempt. But it's I don't care what state we're talking about here. It's a bad idea when you start treating the voters with contempt. Yeah. And 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 that's what's happening here. Um, I think not only with the text of 4420, but again, how they wanted to put this into law without listening to their constituents, without giving them an opportunity to sound off or to point out the the, the egregious infringements that are in this bill, um, the contempt that they're showing to the voters right now, um, I think, you know, is something that, that again, if you're a Massachusetts resident, you need to be aware of this. Um, you know, and, and when we're talking about those gun owners who are Again, still unaware of the threat. Frankly, Jim, I'd say those are the folks who are most at risk, right? Because there are so many ways that law abiding gun owners can get entangled and ensnared in these new laws that if you're hell, even if you are a practicing attorney that focuses on Second Amendment issues, you may not be clear on what this law, uh, all of the provisions of this law or this bill. But yeah. if you're just a casual gun owner, if you're somebody who, you know, I own a gun, maybe I go to the range a couple of times a year, I in giving up my guns, but I'm not really fighting for them either, man, mm-hmm. you're screwed if 4420 becomes law because there, there's no way you're going to know no. all of the things that you need to do to stay on the right side of the law. And frankly, there's no way for you to comply and, and stay on the right side of the law.
1: Example of that, Cam, in 98, when they passed these, you know, laws that we have now, uh one of the things they did the fid card which was for long guns you know rifle shotguns and mm-hmm. typically those were hunters um there was 1.2 million fid cards issued and they figured there was about 200,000 people that either passed away or you know moved up to a license to carry or something but anyway roughly a million maybe a tiny bit less and 5 years after they passed the law we we were getting all kinds of calls from people who didn't know about gold. But once they found us, they were like, hey, wait a minute. I got stopped by a game warden because I was pheasant hunting. And he said my gun license was expired. And I, yeah, we had to explain it to him. So we asked uh, some friends in the statehouse at the time in the uh, post audit and oversight committee, can you look into how many of these have actually been renewed? And they said out of the about million, only 60,000 had renewed. And at the time, it was almost the exact number of Goal and NRA members in the state. So if you didn't belong to us, you had no clue what happened. Yeah. And there's so many people out there now that, oh, you know, we don't support Goal, just file a lawsuit and shut up. You know, it's it's just amazing. But, I mean, for 30 bucks a year, at least to get the information. You do with it as you please, but at least have it. And there's so many people that just, no, 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 no. But, It's it's time, you know, Cam, remember what I said in the in the video address at the very end, you know, F around and find out not because of me. You just woke up 600,000 people. Good luck. Yeah. Now you don't have to deal with me.
0: (laughs) Uh, Well, and again, over the over the next few weeks, we need a lot of uh, I'm going to use a Massachusetts specific example. We need a lot of Paul Revere's. Uh, You know, writing through social media, the gun grabbers are coming, the gun grabbers are coming, uh, uh, awaking and alerting um, those gun owners who are still unaware of of all of the dangers of 4420. Uh, Again, you know, what you all have accomplished to date is amazing. It is inspiring. But I know that the work is not done yet. So, so, again, what is your message over the next? uh, And first of all, when do lawmakers go go back to Boston? Like this September would be the earliest that this bill could get a vote.
1: Well, as of right now, unless they called some sort of emergency formal session, I don't see that happening. Okay, Um, they're they're actually. I think the Senate is in their last, maybe their last formal today. Probably the House tomorrow because uh, they're a month behind in passing a budget, so that's their priority before they leave. Uh, They could come in Monday. I doubt either leader is going to say, "Hey." Have a great weekend, come back for one day and then enjoy August. Um, So, yeah, probably sometime in September. But we understand, like I kind of said earlier, the Senate is actually putting together its own working group. So maybe, maybe they'll actually have a true listening tour and actually listen to what people are saying.
0: That would be, uh-huh. that would be nice to see. Um, I, I I hope this is not, you know, like uh, ultimately. All right. So uh, what do you prefer? Uh, syphilis or gonorrhea? Uh, you know, the house version or the center version. Uh, hopefully yeah. that's not the case. Uh, botulism or, uh, you know, E. coli. Well, it was um, like somebody told me, he says, well, Jim, there's a couple things in there
1: you could probably support. And I said, yeah, so here's a bowl of a thousand poisonous <laughs> M&Ms and two of them are okay. So go ahead, dig in, you know? Right. Oh, exactly. Oh no oh, you know well, it's, it's just whatever but yeah it's so we're 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 going to be sitting here in the in the goal war room today and figure out what the best uh best strategies are for the upcoming weeks one of the things that's really cool cam is that a, f- a few clubs and it's starting to spread over this coming weekend are holding letter writing parties
0: oh fantastic yeah
1: so they'll have people there to help you you know, format a letter and figure out how to do it. They'll have computers to look up who your state rep and senator are. Those are the grassroots things that we really need to do. Stop using the click here for email thing. No more form letters. This has to be on a personal level. They want to hear your personal story. Doesn't have to be technical. Don't get into the, you know, line 64 of section whatever. Yeah. Just a paragraph. It's all you need. Tell them about your personal story. You know, one of the things that's that's really uh, uh, revved up some of the moms, our moms, the good moms, is Boy Scouts, junior shooting. What do you mean my kid can't take part in this anymore? Who are you to tell me I can't bring my kid to, to you know, Boy Scouts to get his merit badge, rifle badge or whatever? Yeah. So they went, they went way too far on this one.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, listen, we're going to stay in touch over the uh, the August recess because I know you guys are going to be hard at work. Gun owners across the state are going to be doing the same. So there will be plenty of updates uh, as far as the, uh, the grassroots goes. And We'll be watching what's going on with the Senate as well. But again, Jim, first of all, thank you for all of your activism. Thank you for all of your hard work. Thank you to all of the gold members out there uh, who are engaged in this fight. Like I said, it is inspiring to see. I'm glad that you all are not giving up. You're not rolling over. Uh, and uh, and we're going to be covering this. If there's anything we can do, obviously, you know, you got a, access to a microphone whenever you want it. But if there's anything else that we can do, please let us know. Because man, like I said, I'm 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 fired up and engaged too. I don't live in Massachusetts, but I don't want Massachusetts gun laws coming to Virginia, so I, I'm I'm willing and ready to do anything I can to uh, to help you all in the fight.
1: Yeah, well, you know what rolls downhill, right? <laughs> exactly. Right? I appreciate <laughs> you so, yeah. so. There you go. Thanks a lot, Cam. Thanks for everything you've done, and thanks for all the help.
0: Uh, thank you, Jim. We'll talk to you again very soon. Many thanks again to Mr. Jim Wallace. And uh, we are going to continue to cover what's going on with 4420, uh, both during the August recess and when lawmakers return to Boston here in just a few weeks. But uh, as Jim says, keep up the pressure because it is having an impact. All right, let's turn our attention out of today's Armed Citizen story, our good deed of the day, and our recidivist report. We'll start there with a, a case out of California. A man convicted an Oakland Chinatown attack charged an assault on Asian woman in San Francisco. The 88-year-old woman was attacked without provocation, according to authorities. And again, not the first time that the uh, suspect, in this case, has faced similar charges. In fact, a 27-year-old, James Lee Ramsey, was convicted of assaulting a Chinatown community leader back in 2021. Yeah, just a couple of years ago. And now facing charges in a violent attack that took place on July 21st of this year, an 88-year-old Asian woman in San Francisco, according to uh, court authorities, uh, James Lee Ramsey, arrested the day of the attack. He's now been charged with three felonies, elder abuse, assault by means, likely to produce great bodily injury, as well as battery, causing serious bodily injury. Also uh, being charged with misdemeanor battery for allegedly attacking a witness to the assault, who ended up holding Ramsey until police arrested him. Good for that uh, unarmed passerby who apparently saw what was going on and intervened. According to authorities, the uh, woman assaulted broad daylight July 21st. Authorities say the woman was allegedly kicked to the ground in an unprovoked attack before the witness ended up detaining Ramsey. Now, according to the uh, East Bay Times, Ramsey was on parole at the time. Uh, he was uh, charged, uh, excuse me, I'm sorry, this goes back to 2021, April ninth, 2021. Another, quote, unprovoked attack on a, a man named Carl Chan who, uh, according to court records, Ramsey did not know. Chan was simply walking down the street. Ramsey approached him from behind, yelled out of profanity, punched him in the back of the head, causing Chan to temporarily lose consciousness. He was able to take a picture of Ramsey with a cell phone, which led to a Ramsey's arrest later that day. Now, Ramsey, again, on parole in 2021 at the time of that crime, he was charged with felony assault with force likely to produce great bodily injury, as well as several enhancements, including a hate crime and crime against the elderly. So, clearly, he must have gotten a serious sentence, right? I mean, hate crime, elder abuse, random... No, no, no. September 21, uh, 2021, uh, Ramsey takes plea bargain. Pleading no contest to the assault charge. In exchange, prosecutors dropped all of those enhancements. Hate crime enhancement, elder abuse enhancement, off the table. In February of last year, after a 90-day... Uh, stay at the uh, Department of Corrections uh, Treatment and Diagnostic Facility. He was sentenced to 18 months in jail but was then given credit for 306 days already served in custody. And so, very soon afterwards, he was sent on his merry way. East Bay Times says it's not clear when he was released from custody and placed on probation, but in March of this year, he was arrested for violating his probation. Now, again, Underlying crime, pretty serious crime, sure that Mr. Ramsey was told at the time he got this sweetheart plea deal, hey, if I see you back here in my court, if you don't follow the terms of your probation, that that entire sentence, you know, is hanging over your head. That's not what happened either. Instead, he was given a 24-day jail sentence. Yeah. Again, with uh, likely credit given for good time or good behavior while he was uh, briefly behind bars once again. Now, Ramsey being held without bail in the uh, San Francisco County Jail, uh, is going to be arraigned on Tuesday afternoon convicted of all charges. Authorities say he faces more than 10 years in prison. But what are the odds that he's going to be convicted of all charges? Every time Ramsey's appeared in court, he's gotten a plea deal. So why don't the prosecutors at San Francisco actually uh, tell the public what Ramsey is likely to face as a result of a plea bargain rather than you know touting these potentially tough sentences that never get handed down because these cases rarely, if ever, go to trial and instead... Individuals like Mr. Ramsey are time and time again offered these plea bargains, resulting in little to no time behind bars whatsoever. Now, today's Armed Citizen story from Temple, Texas. Now, this happened late uh, Tuesday night, so we don't have a lot of details here. What we do know is that a homeowner shot an attempted burglary suspect uh, in the town of Temple, Texas. Police got a call around 1122 Tuesday evening. Uh, on uh, reports, I believe, of a burglary at the time. Uh, when they arrived, they learned that the suspect in question had apparently tried to break into a home while armed with an axe. Yeah, not a good idea ever, but certainly not a good idea when the owner of that home has a firearm. Authorities say the homeowner then shot the suspect, did not hit the suspect, amazingly enough, uh, but the shot fired was enough, uh, apparently, to. Uh, uh, convinced the would-be intruder to take off. Police uh, did take him into custody a, a short distance later. No injuries reported. Case still under investigation. Uh, hopefully, we'll have more details for you uh, in the uh, coming days. We did actually have a uh, update for you on an armed citizen story uh, out of Waco, Texas, at Burying Arms this morning, where a uh, individual intervened and ended up uh, protecting three women from a uh, guy who was attacking them in a hotel room. Uh, again took a couple of weeks for some of the details to start to emerge there so hopefully that'll be the case in uh, temple texas as well finally today a good deed of the day in the right place at the right time willing and able to do the right thing a uh, indianapolis police officer on bike patrol who uh, spotted a hand sticking up through a manhole cover on tuesday afternoon yeah um that's you know when you start looking for like creepy clowns, right? In this case, it was not a creepy clown who was in the sewer system. No, it was a fifty-something-year-old uh, woman. Apparently, we don't know how she got down there yet. At least, police haven't disclosed publicly how she ended up in the sewer. But they were able to, uh, thankfully, extricate her. Uh, the Indianapolis uh, Fire Department says it's unclear how she got in the sewer or why. Uh, but, again, uh, thankfully, uh, the fire department said that she was safely rescued from the sewer by firefighters. Officials said she was taken to a local hospital in, quote, good condition. Uh, and, again, who knows how long she might have been down there with those creepy clowns. Had the uh, alert bike officer in Indianapolis, uh, spotted the uh, hand sticking up through the uh, manhole cover and said, that's not right, let's, let's intervene here and get this woman some help. So glad she's going to be Okay. I, I don't think I have to give the advice of stay out of sewer systems, right? Unless you are actually doing that for your job. Yeah, you know, we don't really need to be down there. Not just glad you got to worry about, but uh, all kinds of biohazards and things like that. All right, that is going to do it for this edition of Bearing Arms Cam and Company. Thank you for being a part of the program. As always, I'm looking forward to being back with you again tomorrow as we uh, wrap up at least the broadcast week. Of course, we uh, go seven days strong at BearingArms.com. You can always find the latest Second Amendment news and information there. And I would encourage you to become a VIP member as well. All you have to do, go to barryandarms.com, slash subscribe, use the promo code GUNRIGHTS, and you can get a significant savings on your VIP membership, as well as exclusive content you won't find anywhere else. News stories and analysis that matter, just like your support. Whether it's uh, talking about 30-year-old uh, copies of Playboy <laughs> that focus on the gun control debate, or uh, Montgomery County's protests about maps just uh, that display just how uh, egregiously awful their gun-free zones are, Yeah, we're uh, reporting on these stories you won't find anywhere else. And again, sharing it with you because your support matters a great deal. So thank you again. We'll see you back here tomorrow. Until then, be well, be safe, and be free.